Yo, what's going on, y'all? Happy New Year, man. 2020, thank you for tuning in to the Bliss is Ignorant podcast. This is Comedian Jake Bliss. Yo, it's been a minute, and um, I've uh, challenged myself to stay dedicated, to give this content out on a regular basis in 2020, all right? Uh, I could hit you with some excuses, but I'm not. It's a free podcast. It's content. You're either going to have it or you ain't. And um, I've basically dedicated myself to be able to say, hey, let's go ahead and keep putting some content out, whether you're up for it, whether you're not up for it. You know, I think I discussed it a little bit on the last couple podcasts that I did, um, the type of situation that I was going through as far as my health concerns for my mother. And uh, it's, it's, it's taking a lot. It's, it's really, uh, really taking a lot of time and my focus away from other things as far as my writing, as far as uh, extracurricular activities that outside of comedy. So um, let's let's see if I can dedicate the time and put the time in to be able to give the content that I need to give when it comes to the Blizzard Ignorant podcast. I had some people reaching out to me like, man, you got to keep doing it. You got to bring it back. You got to do this. You got to do that. There's some other things I was working on. And I'm like, yeah, I hear all that. Okay. But let me try to get things focused. And sometimes you just got to prioritize, you know what I'm saying? And get things back to where they need to be as far as things that you can get done and how you can map these things out. You know, we all have other things going on in our lives, raising kids, jobs, traveling, family, everything. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. And we're going to see if we can keep this thing rolling, man. Appreciate for those that are tuning in. Appreciate those that are sharing the information. Appreciate those that hit me up on blisspodcast at gmail.com. Blisspodcastgmail.com will get directly to me. Any content you want me to discuss on the podcast, anything that you want, any topics, any questions, any um, criticisms, uh, any responses to anything that I say, blisspodcast at gmail.com. Hit me up, and I talk to everybody. So let me tell you a little bit about what's going on, man. I got some good news coming in the line um, in 2020, man. Um, I'm going to be making my television debut, television debut uh, in early 2020. Um, I did the taping in, um, I want to say, November, October, November of uh, 2019. Um, the show that I will be on is called uh, Live from Nashville. It's produced by the same people that produced Gotham Live, which was taped in New York City. This particular show is being taped in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, it's going to be on what they call the Circle Network. Um, I found this out after the fact, but the circle is basically the Grand Ole Opry, and it's a stage that is a circle, and um, it's where people perform. So um, I was actually excited to get the news um, that they wanted me to come and do the taping, um, and the way it was set up was they had, you know, they taped like two shows, or they taped a show per night, um, on the, or two shows uh, per night uh, on, on every weekend uh, throughout that month. And I was on the very last uh, weekend of taping. Um, and I had just got information from other comedians that went up and did the tape. And I was like, man, it's real professional. You're going to like it, things like that. So I was able to, you know, head on up. I knew a couple of comedians that was going to be on the same um, show that I was going to be on. And the guy that was hosting it was Reno Collier, another comedian I had worked with in the past. So it was cool seeing him. It just, like, made me, like, a little bit more comfortable as far as the process. And, um, you know, one thing they tell you is, you know, it's always different when the cameras is on you and it seems like different. But honestly, man, it didn't seem that much different to me. Um, the audience was packed in there. The camera was like right in your face. So that was a little bit different. However, you know, I just felt like comfortable. It's kind of like, you know, you really can't see the camera too much because, you know, the lights are in your face and things like that. So it's kind of like you just kind of focusing on the audience like you would if you was at a regular show. But um, I can't remember. I think uh, I think we had eight minutes. Um, I had eight minutes. I remember the guy flashing up the flashcard, showing me how I had like 30 seconds left or one minute left. You know, he's throwing up the flashcard. And, you know, I had basically went it over in my head as far as the timing, as far as pausing for laughter and all those other things. And I think I finished like right on the dot, like as far as time frame. But they'll edit it the way they want to edit it and things like that. And, uh, you know, we're always critical of ourselves. I made like one little mistake on one of the words, one of the phrases I was trying to say. And only I am going to basically pick up on the mistake that was made but um it was cool man and so I'm, I'm excited about that uh to see how it goes um the one thing that was crazy was um i did have a great set 
um, the audience response was um, was magnificent, and um, the 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 applause afterwards was insane. Uh, one thing that they'll tell you is uh, one thing that you probably don't know about when you tape TV is uh, right before they start doing the taping, a producer comes out on stage and starts talking to the audience, and they actually um, record laugh tracks. Like they record the audience laughing loudly, they record the audience laughing in unison, they record like a boisterous laughter and all this other stuff, and they go in and they tape people laughing throughout the audience, like fake laughing throughout the audience, right? So I was like, wow. So what it really what it is is if you if you're not doing good, they'll make you look like you're doing great, you know. And that's the crazy thing about it is, you know, some people actually on TV getting these laughter, getting this laughter, but it's not really it's not they're not really getting any laughter. Like you can actually see somebody bomb on a taping and they still put them on TV and they'll just edit it all the way through, make it seem like every single joke they tell is getting getting laughter. And I was like, uh, that's so fake, right? So sometimes, you know, you actually watching Netflix specials or you watching specials and you go, man, that wasn't even that funny. Cause you see the crowd busting out laughing and you like, yeah, it really wasn't that funny. You ain't tripping. They just edited to make it seem like that joke went over really well. So um, one thing I will tell you is that um, I didn't have any fake laughter. Every single joke that I'd hit punched very hard. And uh, you can tell by the, the laughter that it was genuine. And um, I could definitely tell by when people was coming out. They was like, man, you killed it. You funny as hell. And I was like, man, that was only eight minutes. You ain't seen nothing yet. You know, it was cool. And um, I, I had to go first. So I don't know if they're going to edit it uh, when they do the show, if they're going to put me first or whether they're going to um, – you know, leave it at the order that it was or switch it around to see, you know, make make me go like in second or third or fourth or whoever. I don't know. But I know I went first on the taping and they were like, uh, yeah, here's the order. And I'm like, you sure you want me to go first? And they were like, yeah, is that a problem? I'm like, nah, you know, problem. I just kind of feel bad for everybody to go after me. And I was just being a little bit of an asshole when I said it. But the thing about it was one of the comedians was like, he's like, why, why don't you want to go first? I said, dude, I'm 14 years waiting to get on TV. I was like, I'm I'm doing every joke that I'm doing is a closer. Like, when, like y'all don't know what a closer is, like a really strong joke that you end your sets with. So I'm pretty much waiting for 14 years worth of material, and I'm basically using closers that I used to have throughout my career and just basically using those joke after joke after joke after joke after joke to be able to make sure I'm getting the biggest laugh as I can possibly get. So, I mean, I was basically prepared to do the best killer set that I had. So I'm really interested to see how it turned out, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it come out. And y'all, keep your eye out for that, and I will keep putting promotions up as soon as I get the details of when it will air and when you can see it. Right after that, I got an email of back from Dry Bar Comedy. Dry Bar Comedy is a uh, is a page that's on uh, Facebook, and you can follow Dry Bar Comedy, and Dry Bar Comedy is taped out in Utah, Provo, Utah. And what Dry Bar is, is basically Dry Bar, no alcohol, very clean show. Uh, Vid Angel is, is a part of it, and basically Vid Angel is, uh, you know, um, a censorship uh, uh, app that, you know, basically censors uh, any type of material that people don't want their kids to hear or, or very clean comedy. You know, you're talking about Utah, so you're talking about a certain religion sect that's out there, and they want their comedy very clean. And I got contacted. I reached out. They reached back out and said, hey, we want you to come out. You can come do your taping the weekend of January 10th. So January 10th, I will be doing a taping for Dry Bar Comedy, which is all clean. My material that I do pretty much can be as clean as it possibly can. I write every joke that I write clean, and then I dirty it up as I go or if I need to or based off the audience. So I'll be doing a set for Dry Bar Comedy January 10th, which if I do my math correctly will probably air um, on Dry Bar no later than the summer of 2020. So that's two big deals um, that I'm happy about going into 2020. The other thing is um, I just been busy, man. Been busy, been on the road. A lot of you know crazy stuff going on, man. Um, you know, um, for y'all, for those that know me, y'all know I'm a huge Eagles fan, and um, my, the season ain't really go the way I wanted it to go. Like it was really stressful. It almost reminded me of last year. It was just like, oh man, this is getting on my nerves. But the fact that Dallas Cowboys is eliminated from the time from the playoffs, man, makes my heart feel good. Now, the only thing that I really want to do accomplish this year is basically get into the playoffs, which we are. Don't lose the first round game. Like don't lose the home game. Like like try to find a way to beat Seattle with the backup players that we have. 
and just move on and see what can happen. Like, be that team that nobody wants to play. You understand what I'm saying? Like, as quiet as kept, uh, all the coaching changes that's going on in the NFC East, that's one thing. But the schedule next year that the Eagles have and everybody else in the NFC East is hard as hell. So that schedule in itself just basically means that next season – all we have to do is be the best team in our division again. Now, they might call it the NFC least and say that it's a bad division and things like that. One thing you got to understand is ain't nothing guaranteed. And all you have to do is win your division, get into the playoffs, and then you can make noise once you get in there. You know what I mean? So, Giants won the Super Bowl going a 9-7 record one time before, so don't act like it can't happen. So, I'm happy about my Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. We're going to make this thing happen whether people like it or not. I know our fan base is a bit annoying, but it ain't as annoying as the Dallas Cowboys. And that's a fact. And you can debate me on it all you want. Hit me up, blizzpodcast at gmail.com if you do not agree with me. But I know people do, so it is what it is. Um, the other thing is um, I did for the first time, y'all, I did for the first time, I did a gig that I basically, basically has been on my calendar every year for the last five years. And for some strange reason, I have never, ever been able to do this gig, whether it be my schedule didn't work out, whether the club closing down for renovation, whether it be last minute uh, emergency where I said, yo, I can't do the trip. Y'all gonna have to find somebody else. Whatever it was, I couldn't do this gig. Now, the kicker to this gig is the gig requires you to be at the specific place for two weeks straight meaning from one Monday to two Mondays later. Like, you literally have to be there for two weeks straight, no breaks, one show every night. The only time you don't do a show is on Monday, and you got to be there for two weeks straight. And the gig was in the Bahamas. So it was in the Bahamas, comedy club in the Bahamas at uh, at the Atlantis. The name of the club is Joker's Wild. And I've heard a number of comedians go to this club, do this gig, have a great uh, time, and I've heard so many different things. A lot of people will say, ah, man, it's kind of just like a free vacation. Like, they look at it like, oh, it's kind of like a free vacation. I don't really look at stuff like that. I'm like, nah, man, like, what's the pay? Like, is it a good gig? Is it a bad gig? Like, what am I doing there? You know, things like that. I always look at it like, you might go out there and say it's a free vacation. I'm going out there to see how I can do it differently and not come back even. Like, I want to come back with money in my pocket and be like, yo, I'm going to make this work different than what everybody else say. Like, oh, man, it's so expensive. So, all right, so let me let me tell y'all what happened. This is pretty much a bulk of going to be a, a, the bulk of the um, <laughs> the bulk of the uh, podcast is basically going to be this, this trip because this trip was crazy. And when I tell you crazy, just everything that you can think of happened. So, First of all, I had uh, a gig in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania first. So I had a gig in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I drove from Charlotte to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right? That's a seven-hour drive, seven hours, 20 minutes maybe, basically two turns. Like you get on 77, take 77 to 81 North, take 81 North till you get to the exit, and it's like two turns and you're at the club. Like literally, that is the whole drive. It's nothing but a straight drive. Here's the crazy thing. I don't know what was going on with my car. I don't know what was going on with the mileage. But I filled up at the gas station right around the corner from me. And I swear to God, I did not have to put more gas in my car until I made that exit next to that club. So I pretty much drove seven hours, seven hours and 20 minutes without stopping for gas one time. Like literally, I stopped and went to the bathroom, but I did not have to stop for gas, which was amazing. So that was cool. So I do the gig in uh, in Harrisburg. So I do Harrisburg gig, which is always a good gig. It's always fun. It's always a good crowd. The club, every time you go there, they've made more improvements and more improvements. It's one of like the, 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 the best clubs as far as transformations over the last five years that I've been to. Some clubs you go to, and every year it's the same thing. Like, they've made no renovations. they made no improvements. You know, it's more and more broke down every time you go there. And this club, every time you go there, it's, more, it's improved even more. So, like, shouts out to the, the Harrisburg Comedy Zone. If you're ever in the Harrisburg area, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, go check out that Comedy Zone. It is nice. It's a good comedy club. You have a good time. The food is good. Um, it's, it's a good time, man. So shout out to the Harrisburg Comedy Zone. So I did the Comedy Zone gigs uh, in Harrisburg. 
I left uh, Harrisburg, hung out with some family, and then I flew from Philadelphia to the Bahamas. Now, what I had with me, I had two weeks worth of shows, so I had to, I had more than enough stuff. So I basically, you know, the more the main thing you need to pack when you're going to be going for two weeks and you have no access to washing clothes or anything like that is pack plenty of drawers. Like you can wear the same clothes, but pack pack plenty, plenty of drawers. Like I had an overabundance of underwear. Like if I was going to be there for 14 days, I think I brought like. 24 pair of underwear, like, like literally, like just, just in case you just don't know what's going to happen. So it's like, you know, underwear, plenty, underwear, socks. I, I was like, I was, I was overwhelmed. I had way more than enough. So, you know, everything was packed. Um, I had all my, you know, shoes and, and clothes and, and everything, toiletries, everything together, whatever. So I had that one big bag of all my clothes and everything else, right? Then I had a smaller bag that I was going to take on the plane with me. And that smaller bag had my T-shirts that, that I have. And then I had a box of T-shirts as well. So I had a box of T-shirts, a little bag of T-shirts, my bag with all my clothes, toiletries, underwear, socks, everything else. And that. Then I had a book bag. Then I had a book bag with more kind of more clothes in it but more of my electronics so i had like clothes like rolled up whatever i had like you know some t-shirts and stuff like that or whatever in my in my book bag some hoodie a hoodie or whatever and some slides or whatever like that um in my book bag then i had my electronics like my ipad and uh you know music and um it just just earphones everything that i needed to have in there for electronically electronic wise chargers all that other good stuff right so i had that in my book bag so I had the book bag and the little bag that I was going to take. I was going to check the box and check the uh, bag. Now, I'm by myself. I'm not traveling with anybody, right? So I was like, all right, I got all this planned out. I'm going to leave, go to the airport in Philly, right? I'm going to park my car in economy parking, right? Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the bags that I'm checking to the, to the uh, terminal check those, go back to my car, and then go get my book bag and get my little bag that I'm taking on the plane. Good plan, right? So I get, park the car, economy parking. It's going to cost me $11 a day for two weeks. So that's going, it actually came out to $165. Bullshit. I could, I was trying to find a cheaper parking, but I was like, look, I ain't going to be driving around and be late trying to find something cheaper. So I was like, I'm just going to have to take this L on this parking, right? So somebody was like, why don't you just park the car with family? I don't like to depend on people. I really don't. I don't like to impose on people. Sometimes I'm in and out of a city sometimes and people don't even know I was there. I just, I'm just not that type of person to impose on people like that. So sometimes things can be inconvenient. So I didn't even really think about that. Okay, so I get to the terminal. Um, I, I get on the, the shuttle, get over to the terminal. As I'm getting off the terminal, I realize, shit, my passport is in my book bag in the car. And I'm like, damn. But I know I got a picture on passport on my phone. So I go to the line and I go, I go, I, I say, listen, I'm checking in. She's like, you need to put your passport through that little slip there on, on the kiosk. I go, I know I left the passport in the car. She was like, are you sure it's in the car? I said, like, I'm positive. She's like, go talk to the lady at the gate. Now I know I got to get these bags checked at least an hour before this plane take off because it's an international flight. And you don't check your bags an hour before your bags won't make it over there. Um, so... I go to the lady and I go, listen, I got to check these two bags. I have my passport in the car, but I left it over there and I got to get the shuttle back over to my car to go get my other two bags. She was like, why you didn't bring me? I said, I can't carry four bags by myself. She's like, all right. She's like, listen, give me the passport number. So I give her the passport number. I show it to her. She typed it in or whatever. And she goes, all right, I'm going to let you be able to check these in. Go back and get your bag or whatever. I was like, I was like cool. That took 20 minutes, right? That took 20 minutes. Now, here's the thing. She had put the bags on, so they checked it an hour before, but it still took like 15 minutes just for her to get all the other information done after the bag was checked. So now I'm rushing because I got to get to this flight. This flight's supposed to take off. Actually, the flight's supposed to start boarding at 10.50. No, was it 10.50, 9.50? Something like that. Basically, I had 25 minutes to be able to go through TSA and get to the gate and board the plane. I knew I was on the last group because I bought a one-way ticket with some points or whatever, and I was like, I don't care if I'm the last group or not. I wasn't trying to fly in style or whatever. So, I go back, get on the shuttle. Um, get, when I'm getting on the shuttle, the lady was like, 
didn't you just get off the shuttle? I was like, yeah, I need to get back to the shuttle because I left my passport in my car. So she's like, all right. So she got on the shuttle. Shuttle taking so long. It's raining, by the way, right? She gets to the parking deck. She goes, what, what, park, what section are you in? I was like, 10. She goes in and goes, all right, one. I'm like, oh, hell nah. So I was like, oh, let me off right now. She was like, what you going to I said, I'm going to run over to 10, and I'll meet you on the way back as you coming back out. And that way, I ain't got to wait for the stops. You know what I mean? Because this is, this is getting crazy. So I jump out, the, <laughs> jump out the shuttle. I run across the parking deck, right? Mind you, I, I, got on, I got on slides, right? So I'm jumping in puddles. My socks is wet. I'm like, this is ridiculous, right? <laughs> so I'm running through the parking lot trying to um get over to my car. So now I'm turned around because I can't find exactly where 10 is. I just know it was near one of the canopies. And now I can't find a car. Now I'm like, damn, I can't find a car. I ain't got my five with me to be able to do the whole chirp, 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 chirp. All I got is like a single key because I put my other keys in the book bag that's in the car. All I got is the key to open my car. So I'm like, yo, you not thinking. So I'm running through that. I'm running, 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 running. I finally get uh, to my car. I find my car. I open up the, the car, I get my, my book bag, I get the little bag, shut the door, now I'm waiting for the shuttle. Now I'm pacing back and forth like, man, I ain't going to make it, I ain't going to make it, I ain't going to make it. Here come another shuttle. Shuttle come, I get on the shuttle, get to the, the, the terminal, get back, go through TSA. When I get to TSA, when I tell you what, nobody in line, I was like, look at God, right? <laughs> I was like, there's nobody in line, which is crazy because it was like a Monday. And it was nobody in line at the TSA line. I don't know if because it was an international flight or the international terminal or what, but it was nobody in line. So I get through line, I uh, get on, get on the, uh, the, get to the gate, and they board the last group. So I'm like, cool. Get on, the, get on the plane. I sit down, put my earphones on, and I'm chilling. I got a three-hour flight. Right. So, all right. All right. I pop in the joint. I'm watching the Irishman for the whole flight. So I'm like, all right, I'm cool. I got everything taken care of. I'm good. Right. So movie about over. We land. Everything is good. And uh, get off the plane. And as I get off the plane, I realize that, OK, I'm in the Bahamas. I know I'm supposed to have working papers because that's what the comedy club told me. And I see people filling out paperwork and I'm like, I don't have none of this shit. So I get on the phone and I text. I'm texting one of the um, bookers. I'm like, "Yo, what's up with the Birkin papers?" He's like, um, "She gonna call you in a minute." I'm like, "I'm at the airport." He's like, "I know she gonna call you in a minute." I'm like, "This is ridiculous." So then I get uh, a WhatsApp uh, message from uh, one of the the ladies at the uh, club, and she goes, uh, "Where are you?" I was like, "I'm in the terminal, and I haven't walked up to the line yet." She was like, "We are actually." at the airport trying to get your paperwork right now. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. So she goes, just go up there and tell them that you're working on the air, um, working on your paperwork and give them this number. So I was like, all right. So I go up to the desk, and I was like, here's the number. She told you to call her. They're working on the paperwork or whatever. And the lady was like, what are you here for? I was like, I'm here to do comedy shows at the Jokers Wild at the Atlantis. She's like, all right, I'm going to let you through. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, I'm sure they'll get the paperwork done. I'm like, all right, cool. So then I text the great lady back. I was like, she's going to let me through. So they let me through. As they let me through, she sends me a copy of the working papers that I was supposed to have when I got through. So I'm like, all right, cool, 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 cool. So all, backstory. Every comedian I talk to, I say, do you sell merchandise when you go over to the Bahamas? They was like, yeah. When you go over to the Bahamas, just let them know that you – a comedian, you're doing comedy work. If they ask you about the shirts that you have, just tell them you're giving them away. I was like, cool, I will let them know that, right? But what they didn't tell me was don't bring it in a box. Bring it in a bag, make it look like luggage, and then sometimes they won't even ask you about it. They just let you through. I'm like, oh, okay, but I didn't know that. So I'm going through, getting my bag. I don't see my box. I go over to where the packages are. There's my box. I said, that's my box. They're like, oh, here, take it. So I grabbed the box. Now I got to go through the exit. I'm trying to get out. I'm trying to get out of the airport, get to the taxi, so I can go to the Atlantis. Dude was like, hey, wait a minute. What's in that box? I said, T-shirts. He's like, open it up. I was like, all right. So I opened up the T-shirts. He looked at the T-shirts, and he's like, what is this? I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm working here. Da, da, da. These are giveaways. I give away this thing. He was like, ah, this is, uh, this is commercial. You got to pay taxes on all these. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you got to pay taxes on all these. I'm like, pay taxes on them. He's like, what's this work? I was like, man, I don't know. He's like, you got an invoice? I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, you got an invoice. So I'm like, are you serious? He goes, yeah. So I'm like, he's like, you can't get through. You have to pay taxes on And then he was like, you need to come up with an invoice or we're going to come up with our own price. I'm like, wow. So now I got I got I got an email. Max back. No, I'm texting the guy that does my T-shirts. So I text the guy that does my T-shirt. I was like, oh, dude, send me an invoice. I said, send me an invoice for um, $250. He was like, how many shirts do you got? 
He's like, then you order 150? I said, yeah, I only bought 100. He was like, 200. I said, just send me an invoice for 250. He's like, but that's not, I said, dude, stop asking questions and send me the invoice. He's like, all right, give me like 10 minutes. So, <laughs> so he sent me the invoice and, um, he, you know, doctored up the invoice, gave me the invoice. I show him the invoice. It took me forever to get this invoice because, uh, the internet connection while working in the airport, he told me to leave the terminal, go around to the, um, go around to the Atlantis help desk and let them know what was going on. So I go around Atlanta's help desk. They was like, well, you can use our printer. So I had to send the email that 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 my T-shirt guy sent me to the manager of the of the office. He was able to print it out um, with this no internet connection. This thing was taking forever. I mean, they might as well have heard the little, little chime going ding, 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 ding. That's how long it was taking them to get this email to come across. So the email come across. They print it out. I come back. I give it to him. They was like, all right, go over to this gate over here. And he was like, open up your other bag. So then I had to open up my other bag that had all my, my regular clothes and stuff in it, whatever like that. So he was like, uh, he goes, uh, go back over there to that gate. So I go over there and he was like, lady was like looking at the invoice. She charged it up. She was like, yeah, the taxes on this is going to be $86. I'm like, you are tripping. $86 on $250 worth of shirts. Like that don't need that math don't even add up on that, right? So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't give a damn at this point, right? So I pay the money, I get all, I get on, I get on the taxi. So I get in the taxi, driving on this taxi over to um the Atlantis from the airport. The lady, that lady taxi driver, uh, and then I realized that they they drive on a different side. So they don't drive on the left side. They drive on the right side, which freaked me out at first because I was like, why is she sitting in the passenger seat waiting for a customer? That's lazy as hell. When we got in the car, I realized the driver's side was on that side. I'm like, this is crazy. And one thing that I realized is um, people from the Bahamas, the natives from the Bahamas, the Bahamians, they speak very similar to what we would call Geechee, which is people that live in Charleston. Um, Gullah Geechee. So when you we have people that live in Charleston and the way they speak and they like boy no, you know stuff like that. Like everything sounded Charleston to me. Like sound like they were from Charleston. It sound it it, it really would sound like no difference from anybody that I know from Charleston that speaks that way versus anybody from the Bahamas. So this lady was on the phone the entire time, from the airport to the time she dropped me off. Never got off the phone, and she was having the most intimate conversation that you could possibly think of. Apparently, what she was talking about on the phone while she was driving me from the airport was this girl, this lady she was on the phone with, and she was on speakerphone. That's the crazy part. That's how rude this was. The crazy the crazy part was this lady had the most annoying cough. Like, she sounded like she was on her deathbed, right? And she was coughing every three minutes. And the lady she was talking to her didn't seem like she gave a damn about this lady coughing. She was just like, girl, you listen, you hear me? You listening? You listening? You hear me? Did you hear what I said? And I'm like, she was just coughing for five minutes straight. How the hell she think she heard what she just said? And she was talking about this guy, and he didn't give a damn, and he had AIDS, and he was trying to give it to people. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah, she, he think he's slick. He ain't trying to get, he ain't going to get at to me. And I'm sitting there like, she's he sounds like he gave it to your friend on the other end of the phone. Like, I'm literally listening to this um conversation like, you show this lady that's coughing and hacking on the other end of the phone don't got it too? Like, what are you doing? I felt like I was covering my mouth. I need to cover my mouth hearing this lady hack on the other end of the phone. And she just kept running her mouth, running her mouth, running her mouth, running her mouth. What do you think about this new dude I'm dealing with? You think I'm moving too fast? You think I'm doing this? You think I'm doing that? And da, 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 da. I'm like, yo, he might have it too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting there like, this is crazy. So I didn't really want to hear that conversation. I was trying to turn up my headphones, but, you know, so we getting through the thing, and she's like, which tower are you at at the Atlantis? And I was like, I don't know. They just said the Atlantis. I'm at the Joker's Wild. So we get to the, the toll bridge, and she tells me the amount. I'm like, and? She was like, yeah, you got to pay the toll. So I'm like, what? So she pulled the car up, rolled the window down, and just, I got to talk to the lady at the toll booth. So the lady was like, you know, $10 or whatever it was. right? So I gave her the money or whatever. We pull off. She's still talking on the phone. They ain't paying attention. They're still talking on the phone. She gets to Atlantis, pulls up, drops me off, and he goes, uh, where, are you, where are you checking into? I was like, I'm working um, with the comedy club. I'm working at the, um, the Joker's Wild. They're like, oh, you at the Coral Towers. And I'm like, where's that? He's like, that's on the other side. I'm like, damn. Little did I know, I could have walked from where I was, but that was a long-ass walk, and I didn't want to do that walk anyway. So I had to get back into the taxi. She had to take me around and drop me off. Taxi ride was $44. Crazy, right, from the airport. So I get in, I check in, 
Um, they said, all right, you know, you got six restaurants that you work here with the comedy club that you get 50% off the food. Cool. I was like, but they got it, but you got to charge it to the room. I was like, cool. So then it was like, you want a credit card to put on file? I was like, cool. So I gave her the credit card. Then she tried to charge the credit card and she was like, here's the amount. I'm like, yo, why are you trying to charge me $1,300? And she was like, oh, that's because you're here for two weeks. I'm like, nah. I said, you ain't about to charge my car for no $1,300. They was like, that's for endurance. I said, let me tell you something. If I spend $1,300 while I'm here for two weeks, I was like, yo, you can kick me off this island. Like, I'm there's no way in hell I'm going to spend $1,300. So she, I was like, you got to do this a different way. So she was like, well, we can put a $250 um, deposit. I was like, do that. I said, just do that. I said, do, do, do the $250. I was like, and then if I go over the $250, I just pay the difference. And she was like, all right, cool. So she put the $250 on. And I'm sitting there like, who the hell let somebody charge their car for $1,300? Like, what are you really going to be doing here for $1,300? You know what I mean? So... I, this is me not knowing what, what was going on at this with this at this resort. So I check in. Um, I get upstairs. Everything is cool. I'm relaxing. I'm like, all right, this is cool. So it's Monday. You know what I'm saying? It's Monday, the 9th of December. So I knew that night that the, the Eagles was playing the Giants. So I was like, all right, let me make sure I get everything together so I can um get ready to watch this game. So I'm flipping through the channels, and I realize they ain't got no ESPN. <laughs> Not ESPN. They not regular. They got ESPN too. They got ESPN U, but they don't have regular ass ESPN. And I'm like, no, right. So I'm tripping, right. I'm like, you got to be tripping. You got to be kidding me. So I was like, they it's got to be on. So I'm not thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, maybe it's on ABC because ESPN, ABC, Disney, they all the same company. So I'm like, all right, I'll just wait till time for the game about to come on, and I turn to ABC and see what's going on. About. Ten minutes before the game, I go to ABC, whole another whole another show. I'm like, fuck this. So I, <laughs> so I go down the stairs, the elevator. I got my Eagle shirt on. I'm like, yo, man, how can I watch the game? And the dude was like, oh, you trying to watch the game? I said, yeah, man, I just want to go somewhere, chill out, watch the game, man. You know what I'm saying? Maybe get a drink, whatever, chill out. And he's like, hey, man, go down to the sports book. I was like, where you got where you got to do that? He's like, hey, go down, go down through this hallway, go through the casino, go all the way through the back of the casino. Sports book is back there. They got all the games. Everything will be back there in the sports book. I was like, oh, that's what's up. So I'm walking through the casino or whatever. Other thing is they also told you as a comedian, don't gamble while you're at the, um, <laughs> at the, at the uh, Atlantis, at this gig. Now, the funny thing is they give you a warning that they say comedians are not allowed to gamble while they're at this casino or while they're at the resort. And the reason why is if you don't put this information down for some comedians, um, they apparently will spend all their money. And now we, they've had comedians that have gotten stuck over in the Bahamas with no money. They've gambled their money away, and they've basically been broke, and they owe so much money that they basically had to stay at the Bahamas for maybe another couple weeks before their family gave them the money to be able to come back. So they will give all these warnings about what you can and what you can't do. There's also, like I said, six restaurants that give you 50% off. They probably used to have a situation where they used to actually let comedians eat for free, but they probably abused that so much that they was like, "Uh uh-uh, we ain't doing that no more. So now it's basically like... Here's the restaurant you can go to. This is where you get the deals from. Everything else you want your own. So it's like, all right. So like I said, over time, comedians abuse things and things get taken away because people don't know how to act. So I um, I get down to the sports book and I'm uh, go through the casino. I'm at the sports book. So I'm sitting down, I'm watching the game. We are struggling against the Giants. And I'm like, this is some bullshit. I'm mad as hell. It's Eagles fans in there. It's Giants fans in there. And people making noise. And I'm sitting there like, this is some bullshit. Very comfortable spot. Nice little, like, lounge chairs with the little, with the little rack beside you. You can put your drink on or whatever. You can go make your bet. Go over to the, 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 uh, the desk. Put your bet on the game. Make your money. Just sit back and chill. Watch all the games. So they had the games on. They had the basketball games. They had all the real laid back spot. So we get, like, middle to third quarter. Middle of the third quarter, we sitting there watching the game. Dude in front of me, I'm kind of watching through the side of my eye. I see this dude light up a cigar and start smoking it. And I go, yo, you can smoke in here? And they was like, yeah. I was like, what? I was like, damn, I wasted. I had like 
12 cigars upstairs in my room. And I'm like, yo, I'm tripping. I could have been down here chilling the whole time instead of stressing out over this damn game. And I was like, all right, so I already know where my hangout spot going to be for the rest of the time that I'm here is back here chilling, watching sports, smoking cigars. Like, I already know. I'm like, this is going to be a fucking great time. I already know it. So Eagles end up winning the game. I have a good time. I leave, go back upstairs in my room, chill, go to sleep or whatever. Wake up in the morning, found out where the Dunkin' Donut was. I was like, cool, there's a Dunkin' Donuts and walking distance from here. So I go over to Dunkin' Donuts, get over there, go order my coffee. They don't have what I like. I was like, damn, now I got to switch it up for the whole two weeks I'm here and try to get something I want. So I go over there, I get this, so I can go get coffee, bagel in the morning, $7. Every morning, no, no problem, right? Here's the problem. So it was time to eat dinner or lunch. These prices, when I tell you, were insane, were insane. Lunch, what it might have been like a, a, a club sandwich or a turkey sandwich and a side, like whether you got fries or chips or potato salad or beans or whatever you got on the side, $22. $22. And I am not bullshitting. It wasn't no exchange rate. It didn't mean 12 That shit was $22. Pizza. Pizza, two slices of pizza, two slices of pizza could cost you $18. Like, I'm not making this up, and I'm sitting there like, y'all are freaking tripping, right? One cool thing about it was you got two free bottles of water every single day. So I had these little coupons or whatever. You know, you give them the coupon. Any place you go to, you give them a coupon and give you two free bottles of water. So I was like, all right, cool. Had the bottle of waters. I was able to put them up in my little refrigerator up in the room. So I was like, cool. I was hydrated. I had my bottle of waters. I was good to go. I was like, all right, I'm great. But... The prices was so crazy, right? So what I ended up doing was I ended up, they had these big fruit salads. The fruit salads was off the chain because they had like cantaloupe in it, honeydew, grapes, pineapple. Sometimes they had strawberries in it. Like they had very good fruit salad, right? So you can get this big ass fruit salad for like $8. But if you went to the places that got a 50%, I was getting these big ass fruit salads for $4. So I would actually get a couple of those for $8, which is $4 a piece. Get a couple of those, keep those in my refrigerator. Right, keep those in my refrigerator, and then I would probably basically break. Basically, I was breaking it down where I would be like, "All right, I'm gonna eat one big meal a day, like one big meal a day," and I go to one of the places that was gonna be fifty percent off. So my twenty-two dollar meal would only be eleven dollars, but it was a big enough meal for me to be able to say, "This is a big enough meal for me to be able to split in half and eat it part today." part tomorrow but i couldn't do cayenne or microwave or nothing so i couldn't do hot meals i had to do something that was cold so it was like deli sandwiches like deli sandwiches or a salad or something like that i would have to eat to be able to you know make it last so i ended up walking across the bridge so i ended up walking across the bridge one day because i was going to try to find a cigar lounge but it ended up being closed so i ended up walking back across the bridge then the other comedian I hooked up with, which uh, another funny dude named Eric Grady, was working with me for the week. He uh, He's out of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And so we walked across the bridge one day because he said, yo, I heard it was a Kentucky Fried Chicken over there. And I started buzzing out laughing. He's like, I want to go over just to find out if their Kentucky Fried Chicken tastes better than ours. And I'm like, <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, if you want to go, let's roll. So we ended up walking across the bridge going over uh, the Sydney Portier Bridge. And if you ever ever seen the Sydney Portier Bridge, look it up online and see how steep this damn bridge is and see how high and narrow this bridge is and realize that you we actually walked across this bitch twice while we were there. So we get over there. We know it's a grocery store over there. We know it's a Kentucky Fried Chicken. So we walk in. We're using the GPS. We try to find this bridge. We did it the wrong way. We walked across the wrong side of the bridge. We made our, our trip longer walking over to this uh so we get over to the grocery store, and then I look, and I pull up KFC, and we realize the KFC is further down the road. So he's like, let's go get something to eat first, and then hit the grocery store on the way back, and then walk back across the bridge. We get a Kentucky Fried Chicken. We realize we can get a six-piece chicken meal, two sides, drinks, and um, four biscuits for like uh, $20. So that's $10 a piece. I was like, all right, this is, this is going to be good. We're going to be able to eat for days on this bull. So he's like, all right, so we, we end up going to Kentucky Fried Chicken. It didn't taste no different. It kind of tastes the same that it was. But ain't no business eating it. But I was like, look, it ain't $30. You know what I mean? It's $10. It's a $10 meal. You know what I mean? So we ate that. We go into the grocery store. This is the crazy part. Prices were insane. A pack of Oreos in the Bahamas cost $9.50. I am not making this shit up. And this is before taxes. 
$9.50 for a pack of Oreos. I was like, hell nah. Lunch meat, crazy. Fruit, I tried to buy a bag of apples. Bag of apples was $7.50. I was like, you tripping. I ain't buying no bag of apples. Right? Strawberries, $6.99 before taxes. Blueberries, $3.99 before taxes. I was like, y'all tripping. Tripping. Right? I was like, I ain't going to do it. Bought a loaf of bread. Bought a little jar of peanut butter. Little bar of, je- little bar of jar of jelly. Bought those. Walked back across that bridge. Put that bread on top of that little refrigerator. Put the peanut butter and jelly in the <laughs> on top of the refrigerator. And I was like, yo, when I get hungry, I'm going to make me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I was like, and I'm going to still get my one meal a day. I'm going to stock up on these fruit salads. Stock up on my waters. And I'm going to make this happen. Made it happen. I was in the Bahamas for two weeks. When I finally checked out of the um, hotel, I when I checked out of the hotel, I um, I think it ended up costing me thirty three extra dollars from the two fifty that I deposited. So I was able to stay there for two weeks, and I actually spent two hundred and eighty dollars for, for for being there for two weeks. This is by myself. So if I was actually going to take my kids over there with me to be on that vacation with me. I would have been, I would have been broke. Like I literally would have walked up out of there with like hardly no money because it would have, it would have been basically breaking even. And that's why a lot of comedians say, "Hey, it's just a, it's a free vacation." So I think it's like, like I spent like thirty dollars over or whatever. So um, the shows was good. I mean, it was, it was weird, you know, because you, you know, you there, people on vacation. Um, they had it real cold in the club. I don't know why it was so cold in there. It felt like a cooler in there, but it wasn't packed every night. But the 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 crowd was really ready to laugh when they came in. Uh, the house MC was a dude by the name of Naughty. Everybody knows him. A lot of people that come back and forth, they always come out basically to see this guy. This guy is funny. He keeps the crowd engaged. Does a lot of local references. Makes jokes about people that travel from different um, cities and stuff like that. Really funny dude. Uh, Eric was the feature. I was the headliner for the whole week. And then there was another guy, uh, Mark B. Mark B uh, was another uh, comedian. He was there to um, host when Naughty wasn't there. So it was like a real good, real good environment, man. I think I think the majority of the things that I spent my money on outside of the, the deposit was probably cigars and um, and just uh, chilling out at uh, at, the, at the sports book. But you know, I had a good time. I mean, I hit the beach up a couple times and you know, chilled out by the pool and walked around and did the whole sightseeing thing and sharks and looking at all the dolphins and all the other stuff. And I mean, it was a good time. I mean, my kids probably would have had a way better time than me because they'd probably been on the water slide the whole time and stuff like that. But I wasn't going on no water slide, man. I was like, I ain't, I ain't going out here playing around with these, these people. I did hit the gym up a couple times. That was cool, whatever. And um, but it was, it was, it was, it was a crazy time. But it's like, I was so ready to come home after like day four. So, so, so after the fourth day, I was ready to come home and I was like, this is going to be a long time. I mean, this is going to take a long time. So it was like, I was just getting tired of being there, but, um, all in all, it was a good trip. Now on my way back, on my way back from the Bahamas, on my way back from the Bahamas, um, I, I got, I, I got up that morning, me and Eric shared a taxi back over to, um, the airport. As I'm getting out the car to the airport, I realize I don't have my glasses. This is this is where the this is where the story gets worse. I realize I don't have my glasses. So now I call the Atlantis. I call the front desk, tell them what room I was in. I was like, hey, I was in room 8209. I left my glasses. So they was like, let me see if we can go find them. We'll call you back. So they I, I wait, they call back. They, I, I call back because they took it too long to call me back. So I call back. They say, sir, we do have your glasses. So I was like, can you put those glasses in a taxi and bring them over to the airport? And they was like, oh, that's going to cost. I was like, I understand it's going to cost. How much is it going to cost? They was like $40. I was like, whatever. I was just I just paid like half of that just to, for me and Eric to share a taxi over there. So now I got to pay $60 for this trip. But it's my fault. I left my glasses. You know what I mean? So they put the glasses in the taxi. They tell me the guy's coming with the taxi. The, the, the lady at the airport was like, all right, if you you need to be out of this lobby and into line to get in line at 7 o'clock in order for you to make your flight. Otherwise, you're probably going to miss your flight. So I basically checked the bag. I checked the box again. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And dude is calling me on the phone. I'm like, yeah, I'm like five minutes away. It's like 655. I'm like, this ain't going to work. So 701, he pull up. I grab my glasses. I go back. Um, 
in line. I go through customs, and just as I'm getting through customs, that's at the kiosk, there's like 40 people that come in behind me. So if I'm, I literally was two seconds later, I would have missed my flight because I would have been behind these 40 people instead of being the third one in line to get through customs. So I go to customs. They were like, are these your bag and this your box? I'm like, yes. They show me a picture of them. They was like, all right, these are getting on the plane right now. I'm like, cool. I go through customs, get on the plane. All right, time to roll out. All right, bet. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the plane, ready to roll, close call, got my glasses. I'm good to go. All right. Laying in Philly, get back. I'm, I'm, I, you know, get my bag. I come through baggage claim. They don't have my box. I'm like, this is some bullshit. I, but I already knew. I'm like, I'm coming through Philly. But it wasn't Philly's fault. It wasn't Philly's fault. They say apparently my box didn't make it on the plane in the Bahamas, which is bullshit because they showed me the box getting on, put them, them putting the box on the plane when I went to customs. So I'm like, what is the point? You know what I mean? So I was like, look, I'm not even gonna sweat this. Y'all deliver. Y'all can deliver this box to me at the hotel that I'm at. And they was like, all right, cool. I was like, all right, bet, whatever. So I was like, um, I got my bags, my other three bags. I get on the shuttle, get to my car. As soon as I get to my car, flat tire. Tire is flat as fuck. And I'm like, damn, I'm so damn mad. So it's cold. Mind you, I've been in the Bahamas for, for two weeks in 80 degree weather. I get to Philly, it's breezy than the mug. It's a breezy as hell, right? So I'm like, damn, it's cold out here. So I'm like, shit. So I don't have AAA. Don't get mad at me. I don't have AAA, all right? It's bullshit. I'm, I know I should have it, but I don't, okay? Um, I call my sister. I know she got it, but she ain't answering her phone. I don't have time to wait for her to call me back. So I uh, I called the Rose Outside Assistance. I said, hey, I got a flat tire. I need somebody to come change this tire. The reason why I needed somebody to come change my tire, when I jacked my car up with the device that I had in my car, I jacked the car up, and then as I'm trying to put the the um, the lug nut uh, wrench on the lug nut, it won't fit onto the lug nut. Apparently, the dealership that I last time I went to, the dealership, and they put new lug nuts on, these lug nuts don't fit the wrench that I have in my car. So this wrench that I have in my car was too small for the lug nuts they put on my car. So I was like, I can't fit this on here. Otherwise, I would have put the donut on myself, went and got the tire plugged or whatever we got checked out when I left the airport. But I couldn't do that. So I needed somebody to come with another type of wrench to be able to take these lug nuts off so that I can put this tire on my car. Guy pulls up. Well, he didn't pull up. He called me on the phone and said, hey, I'm on my way. I'm only 10 minutes away. I was like, cool. He's like, where you at? I was like, economy parking. He was like, where? I said, red lot. He's like, I don't see you. I'm like, I'm in the red lot. He's like, what color is the signs that you at? I was like, fucking red. And he was like, um, I don't see you. This dude got an attitude, started yelling at me. I said, dude, what you yelling at me for? He like, I don't see you. I'm like, all right, so lower your voice. He's like, look, man, I ain't got time for this. I said, first of all, I already paid my money. Second of all, you ain't going nowhere. I was like, you better come find me. I said, I'm in section 10, F11. That's where my car is. I'm here. He's like, um, you off Island Avenue? I said, dude, I don't know where the hell I am. I was like, I don't live here. I was like, dude, I don't know where Island Avenue is. I'm, not, I'm in economy parking. He's like, you off the airport. I said, I'm at the airport. He said, no, you're not. You off the airport. I said, dude, I'm in economy parking. Red lot. I said, whatever you need to do to find it, find it. So he was like, yo, fuck that dude was yelling. I said, listen, man, I'm not yelling at you. I said, I'm not yelling. I'm not raising my voice. At this point, I wasn't going to yell at this man because yelling at him wasn't going to get my, my situation solved. But had it been another different type of situation, I would have straight been yelling back at this dude. But so he finally gets over there like five minutes later and was like, look, man, ain't no disrespect. I guess he realized when he got there, he realized how big I was. Um, I was a lot bigger than he was. So when he was getting out of the truck, he probably was like, let me change my shit up. Just in case this dude changed his mind and be like, yo, fuck this dude, I'm about to beat his ass. So he got off the plane, he got off the truck, was like, yo, my, my bad. I was like, dude, don't worry about it, man. I just put my hand out, shook his hand, and was like, all right. But I, when I shook his hand, I pulled him in and squeezed that shit to let him know, I will fuck you up. Like, I was <laughs> like one of those type situations where you just basically showing your strength to let this little dude know, don't raise your voice at me again, motherfucker. Like, that's pretty much how I pulled him into me, right? But I pulled him into me, shook his hand real hard, and he kind of got the point. So then he kind of changed his attitude, changed his tone or whatever. And he was like, all right, let me check it out. So he tried to use the lug nut wrench. His lug nut wrench wouldn't work either. So he was like, look, only thing I can do is pump your tire up. 
And so you can get across the bridge, go to like, you know, a service station, whatever, and see if they can check the tire for you. So I was like, all right. He pumped the tire up. I get across the bridge. I stop at Pet Boys. And um, I was like telling him what was going on. Told him I was out of town for two weeks. I got a flat tire. I was like, this is bullshit. I try to, I'm trying to get home before Christmas to be able to see my daughters and stuff like that. Dude, the Pet Boys was like, all right, let's check the tire out for you. Check the tire out. It's like, yeah, man, we can plug that. Don't even worry about it. Hey, we're going to do that for you for no charge. I was like, bet, man. Good looking out, fam. You know what I mean? So, all right, like, got the tire plugged. I'm cool. Pull out, a, pull out a Pet Boys, hit the corner. I was like, let me go grab something to eat real quick, go to sleep, and then I can roll out in the morning, right? Look, get my food, right? I'm pulling out from where I'm getting my food. Car cut off. Right on the road. Pull, cut off. Try to start it again. What it start? I was like, you got to be shitting me. Start it again. It started up. I get to the light. I'm sitting there waiting at the light. As soon as I try to flow through the light, car cut off again. I say, fuck. I was mad as hell. So cut the car off. Put it in park. Start the car up again. It starts up. Put it back in drive. Cut off again. I said, wow. Cow's leaning. I said, dude, you laying on the horn ain't going to make my car start. So I don't even know what you're doing. Either go around or shut the hell up. So I'm, I'm, I'm cranking the car again. I get it to crank. I pull into this diner, and I'm sitting there like, come on, man. You start doing a little prayer like, Jesus, come on, man. Don't don't have me sitting out here looking crazy, man. I got eight-hour drive tomorrow, and my car won't start. Like, I literally don't know what's going on in my car, right? So I get it to start again. I finally get it to start. I get back to the hotel, right? Get the car to start. I call uh, my nephew's mechanic, right? Call my nephew's mechanic. I'm like, yo, Mackie, I'm here. My car is cutting off. I don't know what's going on, but it's like starting, but it, it keep cutting off. And I was like, I don't know if it's a starter. I don't know what's going on. So he was like, um, he was like, well, bring it in tomorrow morning. I said, I said, Christmas Eve tomorrow. What time are you getting? He's like, I'll be there at 10 o'clock. I'm like, bet. I'll be there. I'll meet you there at 10. Get up 10 o'clock in the morning. I go over here, take the car over there. He's like, yo, it's your, it's your, um, your starter. Your starter is, um, it's like a, a it was like a little, um, clip, like a little clamp for the starter was, was overheating. And I just needed to replace it. But it was like a $20 piece. So he was like, yo, let's order the, the piece. that They had to do deliver it over here. I'll put it in for you. And then you'll be good to go. So I was like, you sure that's all it's going to need? He's like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I pull the codes out. Pull codes went in. He's like, that's that's basically what it is. I was like, cool. So he actually replaced it, put it all in and whatever. He's like, yo, don't need to worry about it. I said, nah, dude, I got to give you something, man. It's Christmas Eve, man. So I you know, hit him off with some money or whatever. I was like, man, appreciate it. I was like, we good, right? He's like, dude, you'll make it home. I was like, word? I was like, all right, cool. I said, like, you guaranteeing that? He's like, yeah, man, you'll make it home. Trust me. I was like, all right, bet. I get on the road, man. I'm heading home. About five, six hours later, he called me on the phone. was like, yo, you left? I was like, yeah, I'm going. He's like, yo, I left the remote in the car. So there's a remote that you put in the car, <laughs> underneath the car, to be able to let, use the device to know what codes is punching up to let people know what's wrong with the car. I'm like, dude, I'm already in Virginia, man. I was like, so what I could do is I could just mail this back to you FedEx uh, <laughs> when I get home. He's like, no problem. Don't worry about it. So I was like, damn, all this stuff is happening, man. And I'm like, yo, like, all this stuff is, like, going on, and all I'm trying to do is get home so I can be able to spend Christmas with my daughters in the next morning. You know what I'm saying? So I do get home. Everything was straight. Next morning, I'm able to get over to my daughter's uh, house and, uh, and spend Christmas morning with them, and everything worked out. That in itself was stressful as hell just getting through that Bahamas trip. You know what I mean? So, like I said, next time, if I decide to do that Bahamas gig, I will be well more, I will be well better prepared to be able to handle all the stuff that I needed to do. And I definitely won't put it on the end of another trip, like travel to another city and then fly out from that city or whatever and then drive back home after I get through. If I end up doing anything, I'm actually leaving from my place, leaving from Charlotte International to the Bahamas and come back and bring my ass back to Charlotte. I'm not doing that again. But it just happened. That's the way the, uh, the schedule was set up. So, um, that, that's a lot. That was a lot. Hope y'all enjoyed that story. And, um, you know, basically I should have had a TTBS shirt on the whole time I was doing that. Um, another quick points, man, um, that happened, which was funny while I was in the Bahamas, my, uh, my kids, um, found out, oh, spoiler alert. If you have kids listening to this, I don't know why your kids would be listening to this at all, but if you have kids listening to this, there's a spoiler, spoiler alert coming up okay has to do with the jolly fat man and all the other good stuff so if you don't want your kids hearing that i will cut this off right now all right so what happened was while i was gone uh in the bahamas i get a text message uh from my ex-wife and she goes oh boy and i said what happened and she goes uh 
Jada and Julie just came downstairs and asked me if Santa Claus was real. I was like, <laughs> I said, I started laughing. I just sent a LOL back with a laugh with a laughing uh, emoji, right? And uh, I was like, what happened? She goes, I panicked. I froze. I started laughing in their face. I was like, what? I said, call me, right? So she called me on the phone. She was like, they standing here looking at me mad. I'm like, oh, my God. So I was like, well, you know, tell them to call me on Duo. So, you know, it's like the FaceTime thing for Android or whatever. So they hit me on Duo, and uh, they looking at me all on the phone like, Daddy, is he real? Is he not real? What's going on? And I was like, I said, what do y'all, what do y'all think? And it's like, oh, I and then they just kind of like, we don't know. And I was like, well, come on. Use your logic. Use your logic and tell me what you really think. Do you think it's real? Do you think it's fake? Like, what's going on? And it's like, well, I guess he's real. And I was like, really? Like, really, you believe that he's real? And then they were like, yeah. And then I, and I was like, nah, mama, he, he not real. And then they just, they just like looking at me like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's not. I was like, it's not real. I was like, I'm kind of I'm upset that it took y'all this long to figure out. That Santa Claus is not real. Like, like I mean, as, as smart as y'all are and as good as grades y'all get, I really felt like logic would have told you that this ain't real. Like, y'all got Google. Like, I, I was believed that y'all would even Google it to find out exactly, like, his origins or or something like that. If you read Origins of Santa Claus, you might realize or just read through the fact that they have it on Google that tell you that this is a mythical thing. Like, this is not, this is made up to make kids' Christmases better. And he's like, what do you mean to make Christmases better? I was like, well, the anticipation of Santa coming to actually bring you something or Santa actually making you a toy or, or fixing something or giving you something that was on your list because you was good throughout the year. Like, all of that stuff makes your Christmas better. I was like, that's the whole thing behind Christmas. Yeah, my parents did it to me. Their parents did it to them. We did it for y'all. Y'all gonna do it for y'all kids. It's just something that makes it better. I was like, it's not nothing to be mad about. It's just every kid finds it out eventually. I was like, how'd you find out? She's like, some girl at school told us, I hate to break your news for you, but Santa's... I said, there's always some asshole kid that's going to be able to break the news to you. I was like, the only thing I ask y'all is y'all don't be that kid. Don't be the kid that spoils it for somebody else. Let them believe what they want to believe as long as they want to believe it. I was like, however, now that we know that Santa Claus is not real, Santa Claus ain't real, Elf on the Shelf ain't real, all this stuff is not real... We can move on. So you got, you know, Elf on the Shelf's not real. Santa Claus ain't real. Two Fairy ain't real. Easter Bunny not real. We good. My other daughter's like, Easter Bunny not real? And I was like, are you serious? She's like, are you serious? I was like, I was like, what? I said, so between Santa Claus and Easter Bunny, which one do you really feel is more likely to not be real? I was like, won't you think the bunny would not be real? She's like, well, bunnies get laid eggs. I said, you got to be tripping. I said, you, you really, really, really tripping. And I'm laughing my ass off because I'm like, y'all really wanted this stuff to happen. But I'm just glad it's all over with. Like, I don't have to go through that whole process again. They took it in stride, though. Like, there wasn't no disappointment or no thought of betrayal or anything like that. Like, it was it was cool. You know what I mean? So that was like uh, that was like the highlight of the uh, the holidays for me. And um you know the other 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 point that I want to bring up, and and I'll probably cover it in the next uh, episode of um, the podcast is um, the girl that uh, that staged her kidnapping. The girl that staged her kidnapping was crazy as hell to me. Like I, that part of it was, and the only thing that I can attribute it to is um, we call that being a fast ass. Like she's a fast ass. Like she was all into this older boy, and she wanted to stick with her boyfriend and basically came up with a scheme to be able to say, hey, kidnap me, and then uh, I can stay the night with you. But the whole fact that you assaulted your own mother to go lay with some, lay, lay up with some dude, um, use a fast ass, and you need to be shipped out. Wherever your parents was trying to ship you back to, you need to be gone. You need to be gone and get your fast ass up out of here. And that's crazy as hell mm-hmm. that they actually, that she actually came up with this cockamamie scheme, this Jussie Smollett, Juicy Smollett uh, scheme to be able to get what you want. Get what you want. And see, at that point, you know, ass-whipping is well-deserved. I mean, ass-whooping to the biggest, fullest extent. You know what I mean? Like, like beat her ass, let them lock her up. You know what I mean? Take her away. Hey, we're going to take your kid away from you. Good. Take her. You know what I'm saying? Take her fast ass away. You want to be fast? Get your ass on. You know what I mean? And it, it just... Oh my God! That was when I when I heard the story. When I seen the lady get knocked down, I felt bad. I said, "Man, that's got to be heart wrenching." I mean, what that mother is going through right now has to be heart wrenching. But knowing, and that kid just being selfish, thinking about themselves, not thinking about anybody else but themselves, don't care about any of the pain that her mother was going through. Seeing her daughter get snatched up and put into a car, and driving off. 
the, te- the, the sheer terror of not knowing what's going to happen to your kid. And the worst feeling in the world is that that mother honestly probably thought that her daughter was going to get murdered. And all you wanted to do was go have a good time and get you some dick. That That is so, so wrong. And I, pr- I pray that that, that that girl realizes what she did, and I hope she feel like shit. But knowing a teenager at 15, 16 years old, you ain't thinking about nobody but yourself. And I constantly have conversations with my daughters uh, at the young age that they at to stop being selfish and stop being self self uh, you just self centered and uh, thinking about yourself all the time. Always think about others and stop being so self centered. And um, y'all, you know what I'm gonna do at the end of this? I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and end it with this, man. Um, y'all hit me up if y'all can on blisspodcast at gmail.com blisspodcast at gmail.com I'm going to keep this thing going in 2020 I promise you I'm going to keep it going for 2020 I'm going to make myself keep it going for 2020 and I appreciate those that tuned in and listened to my crazy ass Bahama story and when I tell you that trip was that's that bullshit that's that bullshit TTBS to the fullest extent even though the weather was nice as hell and the water was blue as hell. Other than that, crazy, okay? So, um, appreciate y'all tuning in. Look forward to the next episode of the Bliss is Ignorant podcast coming up. Who knows? Could be tomorrow. Um, At the longest, it'll be next Wednesday. But I will be on this thing way more frequent in 2020, and y'all can hold me to it. And if I slip up... You hit me up and say, Bliss, you bullshitting. And I will put my feet to the fire and I will keep this thing going. Blisspodcast at gmail.com. Y'all hit me up. All right. January 10th, I will be in Provo, Utah, taping for Dry Bar Comedy. I have some other shows coming up and y'all keep it posted. I will keep that posted. Y'all hit me up on my Instagram at Comedian J Bliss. Hit me up on Twitter at Comedian J Bliss. Hit me on Facebook, Comedian J Bliss. And we're going to keep it moving, man. Peace.